0: These people come in and they, you know, change your life and they change your child's life for good um, and help you kind of navigate waters that you never thought you would be navigating.
1: Hi, I'm Madeline Cheney and you are listening to episode 11 of The Rare Life, Embracing Your Child's Medical and Therapy Tribe. In this episode, I'm talking to Carrie. Um, who shared her story on episode 10 about her daughter, Sloan, with profound deafblindness. If you have not listened to that episode yet, I highly recommend going back and listening to it. It gives a lot of context for our conversation in this episode, and she's just an awesome person and has an awesome family, so head over there if you haven't yet. Um, In this episode, we will talk about Uh, her therapy and medical tribe and what it means to her. Uh, One thing that I've reflected on since recording with her, uh, Carrie is so awesome. She's so inspiring with her openness and just the love that she has for her medical and therapy tribe. I thought I loved mine. And then listening to her, I'm like, wow, I could step it up. I really could become more open and more loving and really embrace them better. So I hope that this is an inspiration to you too. Um, So... Um, We will also talk about her experience in knowing when and how to cut ties with unhelpful members of your tribe. And she also talks about practical strategies um, that she has used in order to follow through with advice that is given to her uh, from her therapist, which was also really awesome to talk about. I think we could all use more of that advice, (laughs) Um, or at least I could. As a side note, we talk about arching a lot in the episode, and I realized later that we never clarified what that even means. So just know that when we talk about arching, we are talking about when our children arch their backs excessively. So without further ado, let's get into our conversation. Welcome back, Carrie. Hey, <laughs> hey, thank you. Thanks for coming back on the show. Um we get to talk about your special topic, which is building your therapy and medical tribe. Yes. So to start off, um, tribe was a word that you used when you told me your special topic. Um, what does that word mean to you?
0: Yeah, I. That's that's a good question. Um, so my mom always used the word tribe about so many people and things. And I think like, it sums it up because all of these people do feel like family. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, there's an element where just, I mean, I guess realistically they are not family by blood. And so tribe is a good way to describe it because when we entered this world of parenting Sloan, there are so many people that have entered her tribe now, Whether it be a nurse or a doctor or a therapist or a specialist of some kind mm. or even just um, you know somebody like you, like I would consider mm. you part of some tribe because oh, awesome, no, yeah, I'm so
1: flattered. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: the tribe. That's another great thing is the tribe can be just like gigantic and everybody can be included. It's yeah. An thing um, yeah, yeah. But I yeah, and I really do feel like if we were to line up, you know, all of these people and get together for one giant group picture, it really does just feel like a tribe, like a, a community of people that is there sort of centered around one purpose, which is hopefully, you know, to help Sloan develop, help us help Sloan develop and grow and succeed and just be the best possible version of Sloan that she could be.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. I think like one amazing thing too, like with different therapists and doctors and stuff is like, they went into this field to help people like Sloan or like Kimball, like these are amazing people. Like this is what they dedicate their yeah. lives to. And so I think that, that yeah. in and of itself, it, you tend to get really awesome people that are yeah. in those careers.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I, I think like, you know, we've had, we had one well and not had still to this day, she's one of our closest friends and really feels like family, but, um, we've had amazing nurse experiences and we have one, sort of, um, what's the primary, primary NICU nurse that is still mm. really heavily involved in Sloan's life today and we mm. love her to pieces and she had such an impact. I mean, it's just watching what she does and how she engages with her work is just a beautiful thing because I stand back in awe. Like, I, I don't know how you do it and not in a condescending like, oh, I don't know how you do it way, but genuinely like, it is really difficult. And to Mm -hmm. see what the parents go through and the kids go through and the how emotionally taxing it can be. Like, I just, I couldn't comprehend that until getting into this world. And so, you know, whether it be the primary NICU nurse that is so dedicated to us and Sloan and has been so wonderful and we just love her to pieces and we're now dedicated to her as a person or, um, you know, our therapists that come into our home once a week. And when we initially, I remember somebody told my mom when we first found out, everything about Sloan. They said, there's going to come a time when Carrie and Aaron go home that they are going to have people come into their house multiple times a week and it's hard to adjust to. And they'll have to kind of, there will be an adjustment period. It's not what you expected. Again, you expect to go home with this like shiny brand new baby that Mm -hmm. you just are, you know, you're up all night. And that's sort of the extent of it. And not saying that's easy, but that that's kind of the normal challenges people face. Yeah. Um, And for us, it was like, oh, and, you know, Kimball too, it's like, okay, now we're going home and we're going to have five people a week that rotate through the house, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, um, they do sort of unbelievable things and they're amazing people. Mm -hmm. And I think that that has been really grounding for us to meet these people and to see what they do every day and to realize that this community is out there and people, you know, it's so nice to have somebody come into the house that's just totally, Real and love Mm. Sloan for Sloan and loves us for us. And there's really no expectation of, like, oh, Sloan, the special child. You know, it's there's not, but there's also no, like, oh my gosh, this is a lot to take in. You know, as they see, like, the medical equipment and, you know, maybe how Sloan engages with the world, they just come in, they love Sloan. They say, oh my gosh, today, like, OT last week, it was like she moved banana puree to her face. We are done mission accomplished, everybody go home. Like that was our OT session. (laughs) And we were happy and we were all laughing and it was joyful. And then it was very realistic. Like we all know where Sloan's at and we love Sloan for Sloan. And Mm -hmm. so I think, and these people do it not just with Sloan, but they have, you know, a caseload of children that they visit every week, different um, home life situations, different you know, uh, different diagnoses, like whatever it might be. And they love all of them and support all of them. And they are so invested in their lives. And it's just really amazing to see and they're experts. They know what they're doing for sure. Yeah. Without them, are without them? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I also feel like we, like, I'm like, I'm beca- I know so much about like, like, I don't know, something like language development where we work with a lot with, um, Kimball's like hearing therapists. Yes. We're like, I know so many things that I would not have known had we not had this. Oh, my gosh, yes. I've had Kimball with all these different issues because, I don't know, they're educating you, too, as you're going along. It's pretty yes. cool, all the stuff they yeah. know. Yeah,
0: it is really cool. It was kind <laughs> of like when last – was it last week or the week before? Um, it was OT. Well, and PT. A great example is Archie, <laughs> so, which you know very well because, yeah, Kimball was our – was we didn't know it at the time. But okay. Yeah. Let's look, can we share that story really quick? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <It was amazing. laughs> yeah. That was crazy. Yeah.
1: yeah. So Carrie and I met at a, it was a deafblind parent conference. It was amazing. Yes. And we yeah. were sitting at the same table and then Carrie was talking about Sloan arching her back. And I was yep. like, that's crazy. I've never met any other parent who had a child had an issue with arching. I don't know if anyone's listening to this and even, I don't know, maybe it's only us. I don't know. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but it was so crazy because let's see how did we
0: realize we had the same. I think we made the connection that Young Shin was RPT somehow. And then I was like, wait a second. Young Shin, she just mentioned because Sloan was just starting to get over. The arching got so intense and Sloan grew like a weed. Like she just grew mm. unexpectedly. And so it was so intense and she was so strong and it was so difficult. Like it, that was so taxing. Mm-hmm. And we were at the, like, the peak of it when we went to this DeafBlind conference. And then I remember, I, Young Shin kept saying, I worked with another baby. And let me tell you, if you just keep working, keep working, it will get to the point where it will reverse and Sloan will start. She'll basically fall forward because she has no strength in her back for marching and then work her way back to sitting. Mm-hmm. And so then you were like, oh, wait, Kimball has been arching too and I'm like do you have young shin and you're like yes and we're like oh my gosh you are the you are the person you're like our beacon of life. every Friday at 10 a.m Kimball is being mentioned just not Kimball's name so yeah yeah like
1: you know like HIPAA or whatever oh,
0: exactly. but, like, but it was like yeah I think it was
1: something you said you were like oh she, like they told us that like if she if she doesn't stop arching she will never be able to do anything physically which is like yeah a really hard thing to hear. Like yeah. that ultimatum of like, she, like they, she told us too. She was like, he will not sit up. He will not crawl. He will not walk. He won't do anything until you can get him to stop arching his back.
0: Yeah. I feel like too, <laughs> that's something I've reflected on because so we went to There was the DeafBlind Conference, and at the DeafBlind Conference, some of the parents of children that are a lot older, all they kept saying was, like, early intervention. Early, I don't know if you remember that, Mm -hmm. but I remember several people mentioning, just get them into early intervention, Mm MPT, speech, whatever it is. Um, And then we went to this event at the Capitol. Um, It was basically a meeting around a bill that they were proposing um, for nursing, in-home nursing, Mm -hmm. and at that meeting, we met, um, actually the man who runs barrel care in salt Lake. And he has a son who has charge. And he said to us too, he was like, get early intervention in, you know, take advantage of all the resources you can. Mm -hmm. And I feel like through that, there's been a theme and coming back to it. Um, young Shin and that moment with the arching is a great example because Mm -hmm. for us, we always thought, early on before we really had Young Shin helping us identify the arching issue, we always thought that was just Sloan being Sloan and being strong, like we didn't know Yeah. Difference. And yeah. so if we didn't have the help of Young Shin to correct that, we would be at that point where there was no return. Like that, yeah. we would be there for sure. Um, yeah. And so I, you know, you leave, we kind of talked about this in the last session, but you find out this diagnosis in the NICU you're so overwhelmed, everything, it just is like, how do I even begin to this journey? Like, what do I do to help them at all? And then you get home and it's an influx of experts and specialists and therapists, and they help you start at sort of point one. Mm -hmm. And I think that made all the difference because suddenly we realized like, okay, our job is number one, love Sloan and support Sloan and take good care of her and mm-hmm. make her feel like a baby and part of our family. And then number two, when Young Shin shows up and says, don't let her arch, don't let her arch and let that be your focus for the week. You know, yeah. like we don't need to think, is she going to stand? Is she going to speak? Like, where will we be 10 years from now? It's like, okay, mm-hmm. right now, all we need to do is follow the lead of our PT, our OT, you know, speech therapist, deaf blind school, all of the experts that are coming into the home. Mm -hmm. And really allow them to help guide us in sort of the necessary next steps to get Sloan, help her develop as, you know, to her, like, best ability.
1: Yeah. Um, How have you, I don't know, this is something that's been on my mind a lot. I've been trying to figure out how to be more successful in doing the assignments that different, you know, therapists give us to do with Kimball. because. Some of the times, I just, I, there's so many things. Like, yes. there, he has so many therapists, and each of them, um, at least in our case, like, we get a lot of different recommendations or ideas. And so it feels a little bit um, fire hose. So yep. I don't, what have you, have you had, I don't know, have you struggled with that? Have you, like, yes. been able to figure out strategies to, in order to do all, you know, do all the things that you're supposed to be doing? Oh my
0: gosh. I, so there's this really great book called Special. I don't know if you have read it. it, okay, it's so good. And it is one that I think parents, it will be especially helpful. It's very realistic. It's very much realism. There's a really positive theme throughout all of it that's basically like, it gets better, it gets easier and you lo- end up loving your child more than anything. And that's really all that matters. Mm. But it they're very real about all the hard stuff. And one of the, there's this quote in there where they mention somebody says something to the effect of, if I did all the therapies and things I was expected to do every day, I would have like 27 hours of therapy. Yeah. And it really feels that way. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah. And we have the fire hose too. I mean, we have people and they're so well-intentioned, mm-hmm. but we have people in the community that maybe had a cousin that is deaf or their aunt works in a special needs, you know, department in a school. And it's like, she said to do this. They said to do this. They, you know, it's just like nonstop. Mm -hmm. And so a couple of things we've learned out of all of this. And, you know, again, we're here in, and who knows if this, it it works for us. So Mm -hmm. there's that. Um, but one, like our expert people, the tribe that has formed around Sloan, they are the people that we focus on listening to first Yeah. because they know Sloan. They're here every day. They know us. They know what you know, Sloan is capable of. They don't view Sloan as a case, but as a person. Yeah. And so I think that has been a biggie. Another big thing for us has been like, we, you know, we really focus on, I mean, when you think about it, a lot of PT that you do beyond stuff like um, maybe counteracting, arching, or certain exercises or whatever, a lot of it happens in your day-to-day routine anyway. And so when we're with Sloan, we try to factor in, like if we're playing with Sloan, we'll try to sit her. She's not sitting up quite yet, although she's not arching anymore, which is great. Um, (laughs) But we'll sit her up against us and, you know, play with her that way. And so we're Mm -hmm. always doing something PT related. Mm -hmm. But like right now we're working really hard to help her bear weight and learn to crawl and stand and things like that. Um, And so we've been dedicating like half an hour in the morning and half an hour at night to just kind of hanging out on her PT mat. And working with her, even if it's hard, through that half an hour to practice her, you know, to kind of gain strength and practice that. Mm. Um, And then the very last thing that has really helped us recently, our OT recommended a sensory swing. And Mm. it's, you know, if you haven't seen one, it's just like this giant thing of fabric, stretchy fabric. And you hang it from the ceiling. And then you just push, like for us, we just lay slung down and we kind of push her around and bounce her for probably 10 or 15 minutes, about five times a day. Sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more. We don't Mm -hmm. try to stress out too much either way, Mm -hmm. Um, but we try to stay in a routine and that has helped her stop looking for so much, you know, kind of external stimulus with Mm -hmm. her body. And so it's allowed her to focus more on um, the day-to-day activity stuff. Whether it's like playing and, you know, the way she grasps things or crawling or bearing weight or really allowing her to kind of mentally focus on things without needing all of that stimulus. And so the sensory swing has been huge too. So that's kind of like threefold, but we have, you know, um, again, the, um, oh my gosh, now I just blanked the first one. Um, is like incorporating it into your, yes. Yeah. Incorporating it into your day-to-day routine, only listening to really the experts that you have coming in for your child or Sloan Mm -hmm. in our case, and then the sensory swing. And that's kind of – I think those are the three big things right now that we've focused on that have allowed us to sort of – we've found success with Sloan through all of that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I I really like that idea too that you mentioned of um, having like 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes in the evening to be like this is when we're going to like knock out the goals, you know, the – I I really like that. I think I'm going to try that out.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been really helpful. And I think on top of that, we try to find the times where she's the most alert and we, Mm. we know she will be the most up for it. Usually again, she's like, she knows the minute we start to try to do (laughs) and being deaf blind, like you, you know, and I think this is something we'll probably face with her later in life, but people probably sort of discredit her, um, awareness maybe. Like, mm. you know, because of she, the fact that she's deafblind, but yeah. young Shin can walk in the house and Sloan will just start crying. Oh my gosh.
1: That's amazing.
0: <laughs> no, we don't know, but it's amazing that she knows and she knows. And so we've had to kind of try to outsmart her. It's impossible, but, um, yeah, the two times a day is working <laughs> really well. And then like for her, we do a lot of vision related therapy. And mm. so for that, we have to be at like the peak of her, because it's so, that is the most work for her, doing Uh, anything vision related. Um, And so we wait until she's the most alert. And usually we have like a 15 minute window and then she kind of starts to get tired and you can tell. mm -hmm. And then we're done with vision therapy for the day. So it just, Mm. yeah, it's like whatever works for the child. And I feel like you get in that groove, but you definitely have to have some kind of structure or else I feel like it just falls by the wayside.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like just trying to kind of like remember to do it during the day. Yes. is like, is harder than just scheduling it in.
0: Yes. And then too, you don't feel that guilt, a uh, constant guilt of like, oh my gosh, I need to be doing PT right now. Yeah. And I need to start walking this moment and we're never going to get there. And then it's just like existential crisis. Yeah. So I feel like it's good to have that structure and schedule in place. For that yeah.
1: Reason. Cause then you're like, I'm working towards it. I'm doing, yes. I'm doing those things. So I don't need to worry about it. Like it'll happen. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah I really like exactly. that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what were your initial, so you love your tribe now, yeah. what were your initial feelings towards them at the very beginning or what was your you initial know,
0: experience? So it wasn't, it really has nothing to do with the people, but Aaron and I are kind of, we've always been kind of private people. Like we mm. definitely, even though we may not seem it at times, we're definitely kind of introverted. We like to, you know, just have our quiet space Mm-hmm. And so the thought of having a baby and then in the way that Sloan entered the world and not having a chance to breathe after that and coming home and having people come into the house all the time seems so like so much. Yeah. And so we weren't looking forward to it. And I remember at first like trying to keep the house spotless
1: <laughs> and oh, like yeah.
0: just keep it all up, you know, mm-hmm. and quickly as these people walk into your home, they should because of their expertise and their perfection, give you the feeling of like, of comfort, and that mm-hmm. they're there to help. Mm-hmm. And we got that from so many people. Um, and I think quickly we realized like, as we got to know them and they again became our tribe and our family in so many ways, it's just right now they can't come into the house because of everything going on in the world and COVID. and we miss them and so initially we weren't excited it felt like another thing to add to the list that we had to do that we didn't expect like we just wanted to be home watching frozen all day like that's all we wanted right (laughs) and and then here we are welcoming these people into our home and doing what felt like initially hard things but over time we realized that they were helping bring us a lot of peace of mind and they were Mm -hmm. i mean helping sloan do amazing things and so now we miss them and we can't wait for them to come back and they've become like our family. And it's almost like our version of like a tea time, you know, like when they come (laughs) in, it's like our, our social friend circle almost. Yeah. Your friends and yeah. 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 Hard. But now I, we wouldn't change that if we're given the parenting experience with Sloan, we would not change that at all. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think part of it is like, I try to hang out with friends that I have and that I had before Kimball, but it's like, yes. but I see Angie three times a month. And so yes. I know I'm going to see her. And like that's so that relationship. You like keep it up, like because yes. you're scheduling it. But it's like, but I get to see Angie again. And like, yes. like oh, I miss them. You know, I don't know. Exactly. I think it's, it's awesome. Like you have a scheduled friend that has to show up, but then yes. it's like you, you, they're being paid to be your friend. But then like you get yeah. to you know, talk to them and you get going to talk about your child the whole time, which is really yes. fun.
0: <laughs> yes. And I think like somebody again that walks in and is like, oh, it's Sloan, like just the person in front of us. Like there's no, no big expectation either way. They're not overwhelmed mm. by everything that's going on and mm. they're not like, you know, treating us like we're a case or anything. It's just yeah. like, oh, yep. And we're going to help Sloan do our best. And so it's been a really cool experience. And I feel like it's made us more open. When we were at the yeah. NICU, actually, one of the social workers told us, she was like, you guys, she was like, I can tell you you're kind of private people. And she was like, you need, you will feel better. And this was aimed at Erin and I. So everybody's different. But she was like, you will feel better if you just go public and share your story. Oh, and interesting. that has really been true. And in the sense of like therapists and that kind of thing, like mm-hmm. going public in terms of allowing specialists to come into our home and trying different yeah. techniques, therapies, has really been beneficial for all of us, including Sloan, um, but Erin and I too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because it's like with a typical child, you don't necessarily have to open up. Like you don't have to let in tons of people. But then when they need so much extra help, it's like you have to have a tribe. You have to have this team of people helping. And so it's like that makes sense. Like instead of um, fighting against it, like opening up and letting them in and embracing it.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So we've definitely learned a lot through that. And mm-hmm. I think we, we've we had great success across the board. There was one person that didn't work out. And that was a really unique experience for us too, because mm-hmm. we we just want to be nice and we don't want conflict. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, that sounds like probably really weak and <laughs> ridiculous, <Yeah. laughs> but we just want to just have people come to the house and have it be a happy thing and yeah. stuff and that's it. Um, but there was somebody that didn't work out that was, you know, entering Sloan's tribe and it was a difficult thing to say no and to cut that service and to Mm -hmm. make the decision to no longer work with that person. Mm -hmm. But I think that that's something that comes with this journey too. And the whole therapy experience is that like, you kind of get to choose to who's in your tribe. And sometimes it may not feel like it. It may feel like these people just show up. Mm -hmm. and there's no choice but really there is and at the end of the day it matters how you're treated as a parent how sloan is treated and you know how how comfortable everybody is in your home and how comfortable you feel with them in your home yeah um and so i think it's really important just to kind of note that like voicing up or yeah speaking up speaking up is probably better (laughs) speaking up when it gets hard is so important and yeah you know, making that decision for your child and for you, and it's hard in the moment, but it makes it a lot more comfortable in the long run.
1: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And yeah. I think I've done the same thing before, and it's like it's nothing personal. It's just, yeah. I one reason, uh, so the person I did cut, I was like, we're not, um, we're not benefiting. Like nothing yeah. really is happening. So that was yes. like our personal experience where um, it had to, it had to benefit because we were so flooded with so many therapists and so many appointments it's like you have to you have to make it worth my time what would be your, your advice to someone um in terms of like how to know when you need to cut someone or I don't know let them go you know I don't know yeah. let them off your off your tribe, yeah. out of your That's drive
0: weird. um <laughs> I, you know, for us, we probably waited just a little bit too long, but we kept thinking, oh, we'll just give another chance. Like it was a bad day type of thing. Mm Um, ours was actually a similar reason. And then kind of along with that, they, you know, this, the person that was working with us was showing up with sort of the wrong information and hadn't really planned ahead and was giving us information around Sloan that really didn't apply to Sloan. And we could tell they Mm -hmm. hadn't done really even just like the most basic research mm-hmm. to um like you know something as simple as for us um oh so i heard sloan is responding to sound when we had just had her abr and at the abr she's i mean nothing changed very profoundly deaf mm-hmm. and then it was actually in that same meeting it was mentioned and she's speaking and she has a trach so her vocal cords are blocked so she doesn't speak so there were a lot of things that, that were kind of points of, like notes we would take and would say, no, it's okay, yeah. it was a bad day. And we kept sort of allowing it to happen, which was on yeah. us. And so I think, you know, in cutting ties, if you feel like it's not working out and it's becoming very clear, I think it's good to give chances and to openly communicate that. Mm-hmm. But there's a point where it may not change and it might just be a better solution to say like, hey, you know, we need to cancel services for the time being. And that was the best advice that we got, Mm -hmm. you know, and we know this in a professional sense, but this is like a whole different world for us with Sloan. And Mm -hmm. so somebody told us to say, you know, we, and it isn't just about the person, there was a lot going on, but to specifically mention that we just don't need services anymore in this Mm -hmm. capacity, Um, which I realize can't be the case for everybody. But for us, that was the case because we have Sandy, our deaf line specialist, and she's the one that's going to help us with communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for us, the person that we were c- cutting from the picture, we didn't need their services anymore. And so really we just cut the services altogether because like you mentioned, there really wasn't a lot of value. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think it's just hard no matter what, like there's no mm-hmm. easy way, but just ripping yeah. out. is. Yeah. <laughs> you can do you know yeah
1: and I think in the end it's kind of an act of love for your child it's just another form of advocating for them like exactly you need to be adding and not just adding like an extra thing to do yeah (laughs) it's not helpful yes um
0: what was your NICU team like um yeah so we had an amazing NICU team and specifically, I mean, so many wonderful primary nurses, which I highly recommend if you get into you know, a NICU to start getting the, your primary nurse list up because they're amazing and they also become your friends. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> there is one nurse in particular, Sam, and she is still to this day just our best friend and we love her so much. And she has been an amazing advocate for Sloan and just loves Sloan to pieces,
1: mm-hmm. um, which
0: we've been so thankful for. But one really cool thing that Sam did with the help of my mom was when we found out Sloan was deafblind, it actually wasn't long after that that we met Sam. So it was probably two days and we were still in some pretty intense throes of grief. Mm-hmm. And my mom had been in touch with Bess, who is a big deal in the deafblind community here in Utah. And uh, Bess had suggested to my mom that we create some sort of treatment plan for Sloan, that people before entering her space, if they're going to treat her medically or touch her or do anything that would scare her, that they um, touch her somewhere like her forehead. Okay. So my mom and Sam, the nurse worked together to create this plan where all medical professionals, I mean, by the end of this, we had like doctors that still to this day follow it. Her pediatrician follows it. Um, but before they would do anything to Sloan, every, even a diaper change, they would mm. come up and they would just touch their thumb and kind of rub her forehead to let her know that they were there.
1: Oh wow. And
0: so through all of this, I mean, it was really amazing at the time and you know, it's been kind of uncomfortable sometimes to like get people on board with it, but as people have been on board with it and Sam was a huge adv- advocate for that in the NICU and all of our nurses would do that with Sloan. Um, When she came home and therapists started coming into the house, they were in disbelief by how engaged Sloane was with the world around her, how comfortable she felt with people and touch. And we really attribute it back to those early NICU days where our biggest concern was her medical challenges, but she was still getting some form of physical touch and communication that wasn't negative before that happened to warn her. And so, you know, many children leave the NICU, especially with sensory impairments of any kind. And then they're just like shocked by any form of touch because everything was bad. And Mm. while Sloan was in the NICU, she had warning every time before something happened. You know, there was a form of communication there. And so when she came home and as therapists and doctors have seen her, she's always been really open and receptive to touch and hasn't really um, pulled back from that. So that was a really cool experience that came out of the NICU and actually. Sam has won some, um, nurse, I guess you could say awards or uh, like honors for doing that and implementing that in the NICU. Wow. Um, uh, and we have spoken about it at, uh, IHC a couple of times. And so it's just been really cool, a really cool experience. Wow. And if there are any parents or anybody else with a child that has sensory impairments that are in the NICU or even just a young baby that this you know, plan might work for them. It definitely helps Sloan and us. So it might be worth considering.
1: That's awesome. I wish we would yeah. have known that for Kimball because we didn't yeah. know until he was, he was like nine months old. We didn't know he did, had a vision impairment, but like all he could see were like lights. Oh, wow. And then we later found that. That's the whole other story. Wow. <laughs> but yeah. like, I wish we would have done that because he couldn't hear either. And so like, if we could, have I, I yeah. don't know. That's an awesome thing.
0: Luckily for us, we it was one of those things where we just it was like all the cards aligned, and we knew this expert that knew my mom, Mm -hmm. and then nurse, you know, nurse Sam over here was like, "We are making it happen." Like it was a perfect storm for that to happen. Yeah, and so it's unfortunate that like you know, not there's not an expert always there to be like, okay, and then this is what you do, and you need to enter their space and that kind of thing. Yeah.
1: So that person that your mom talked to. Was part of your tribe. Like she was yeah. someone who helped Sloan, right? So there's so many people that have helped. So many people, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. She, I love and that. And actually,
0: she might hop on. We're hoping to hop on a call with her in the next maybe month or two and to meet Sloan and to just talk through things, which will be really cool. But yeah, that the is tribe awesome. is awesome. We love the tribe. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so just to wrap up, what... Let's just wrap up with like your I don't know, your last thoughts about your tribe and what they've meant to you
0: yeah they you know i just they're all just beautiful people and there's really no way around it and experts in their field and experts at things that like people take for granted every day with their children Mm -hmm. and so you know it's again it it goes back to that initial shock of receiving a diagnosis and you're like i don't know where to go from here i don't know Mm -hmm. what to do and you just sit in that as a parent and it feels so overwhelming because here you are in charge of their medical calendar and getting them to you know appointments and making sure their diaper's clean and making sure they have a cute outfit on and then on top of that their development mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> and, um and so then these people come into your home and one by one they teach you something new that just needs to be done in that moment it's not thinking about what needs to be done when they're 40. it's not thinking about you know like let's learn, you know, good example is language. Let's learn all tactile, you know, sign in a week. Like it's Mm. not, they say right now she needs, she should be learning eat and she should be learning mom and she should be learning dad. And Mm. they help guide you through that whole process and really serve as sort of, you know, your guides and mentors as parents, as you're trying to navigate the world with Sloan. and give you amazing ideas like Mm -hmm. swimming. I mean, Sloan loves, that was something we didn't really even consider with Sloan because we were just too scared and it freaked us out. And somebody said, take her swimming, what's the big deal? And we were like, you're right. And (laughs) she loved it. And you know, our vision um, specialist, she was the first one to ever really like truly use the word fun because Erin and I are big Disney fanatics. And she sat in our house. The first time she came in, she was like, you guys, so, this is gonna be so much fun. And, and she used that in such a meaningful mm. way that Erin and I just broke down at that. I mean, this was the first time she came into our house and here we are sobbing in our yeah. house oh. over the word, but it's like these people come in and they, you know, change your life and they change your child Sloan's life for good um, and help you kind of navigate waters that you never thought you would be navigating. And so yeah. it's hard at first and it's hard thinking that you'll have all these people coming through your house all the time, But eventually you get to a point where you're like, you know, rolling out of bed and you're like, oh my gosh, yay, Allie's coming by today. Yeah. (laughs) You get it all set up and you don't really care what the house looks like, you did your best. And you know that they'll accept you and love you and love Sloan no matter what. And so I think that's huge. And they're just amazing people and it's so worth it. So worth it. Uh,
1: Thank you, Carrie. I love that. It's amazing, some great advice and just a beautiful experience that you've had with your with your medical and therapy tribe
0: yes they're amazing
1: for photos of Sloan's tribe head over to the website therarelifepodcast.com and look for episode 11 where you can also find a link to the book special that she referred to in the episode if you would like to share your story on the show head over to therarelifepodcast.com and go to the contact page I would love to hear from you If you want to connect with and interact with other parents of rare kiddos, join our Facebook support group called Parents of Children with Rare Conditions. It's great and the more the merrier. Tune in next time for a conversation from one of my favorite therapy tribe members as we talk about three fun tools to facilitate language development. See you next time.